welcome to the 3Ls Podcast, where I, your host, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, am here to share thoughtful commentary and strategies to help you with the big 3Ls of life, living, learning, and loving. Each episode, join in as a different psychological or current hot topic is explored with the hope of helping you live well, learn something that aids in personal growth or understanding, and love yourself or others in a way that honors you. Are you a fan of nutrient-dense wellness too? Let me tell you all about one of my favorite sources of adaptogens, Four Sigmatic, who uses a variety of mushrooms in everyday products. Reishi, lion's mane, and shaga all have been shown to help with thinking, immune system support, and gut support. I use these plant-based products every day in my smoothies and coffee, and you can too. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BeWell at us.foursigmatic.com. Hello. Welcome back to the three L's. I'm so happy that you're here today. I am talking about a very important topic to me at least, one that has become increasingly prevalent and I think largely in part because of social media, largely in part because the self-help industry has just grown exponentially and there are certain folks who are sharing, I guess, messages, well wishes all over the stratosphere of social media or really in life that are wrapped up in really pretty flowery language. But if you really, really tease it apart, it's kind of evident that it's not um, realistic messaging or and it's not invalidating. And I think that if we're not careful, because these messages float by so many times, you may recognize some as I'm sharing them today. If you're not careful, they can start to become internalized. You know, we kind of start to become desensitized to what's being put out there, self-included. I mean, if you are constantly on social media, you see the same things going by, the same message, you start to think, oh, okay, well, that's that's normal. That's how it should be. And so I just wanted to share a couple couple messages. You know, I'm not I'm not getting on to anyone for trying to help anybody else, but just some things to think about. Um you know, I'm all about critical thinking and in some ways analyzing certain messaging just to see if it still aligns with one, who I am, but then also with what is in the best interest of of, of other people. So, okay, so here we go. Let me just jump right into it. Now, this first concept is one where all of these, you may agree, you may disagree. I am completely open to feedback. And in fact, if you can think of any other toxic messaging that is disguised under flowery language, I would love for you to share it with me because this this list is not exhaustive. It's just a couple things that have kind of come up for me recently. So please contact me. You can email me. You can shoot me a message on Instagram. And I I would love to hear if you have others, but for the sake of today, or your opinion, but for the sake of today, the first concept is, and this is one recently that I just kind of woke up to, 
we are in the age of the boss babe movement. And I am so excited to be a woman in business. I love owning my business. I love being able to push myself and learn new skills related to business management that when I was in grad school to become a therapist, I certainly was not taught one thing about business management. But we see it all the time, boss babe, boss babe squad, boss babe mindset. If you go back in my Instagram, you will also see I used hashtags like this. And it wasn't until recently that I started really thinking about this and thought, why the heck am I referring to myself as a boss babe? Never in my waking real life have I ever told someone, oh yeah, I'm a boss babe. No, that actually goes against what I want to even portray myself as. Um, you know, and anyone that knows me, I'm not a serious, staunch person, but I'm a woman in business. And I think that the problematic piece about this kind of messaging is, yes, it promotes some sense of empowerment to women because we are in, you know, like I was saying, the fempire movement. Uh, there are tons of women in business. But does it promote... Um, I'm just going to say it. Does it promote being taken seriously to refer to yourself as a boss babe? I don't know. I I'm like I said, I just recently woke up woke up to this. I don't necessarily think it it does in many ways. Um it's cute. It's a super cute saying to be, you know, a boss babe or be part of that boss babe squad, but um May you know, I think that that is one of those toxic messaging where it was it's not meant to be toxic. It's meant to be empowering. But if you really tease it apart, is it is it empowering to refer to yourself as that, or is it not? So I think for me, it kind of points to I listened to a great, great podcast by Kate Kennedy. It's called her podcast is Be There in Five. Highly, highly recommend that you go check her out. She's amazing. But she kind of talked about this subject and how, you know, we are breaking glass ceilings as women in business and we are making strides for change and equal pay and starting your business to be able to earn an income that feels feels more comfortable for you and your lifestyle but is the glass ceiling getting stunted by language being used by women such as boss babe this is something I wanted to bring up. I think that there could be – now, this is me being very analytical here, but I do think that that is part of that flowery messaging that doesn't promote stepping into your power as a woman in business. So just something to consider. I think that that's one to think about, but I want to hear your thoughts. I really do on that. Um, I'm open to discussion. So the other toxic messaging – I, I'm a big person in, you know, recognizing when talk of money comes up. And this is a message that I see all the time. I think that there is almost a 
you know, technique that people are doing where I see this all the time where people will say, I made X amount of money this month and you can too. And, you know, there's this constant emphasis on making this amount of money and I could do this when I did that. But for me, it almost creates a little bit of an unrealistic stance on money or could play into somebody's vulnerabilities because you're not making that amount of money. What am I doing wrong? You know, because I'm not bringing having a 25k month or a $100,000 month, what's wrong with me if these other people are doing this? Why why am I not? And then the person who's posting these messages, it starts to create this dynamic where they have the secret and to get the secret, you got to pay for it. And I could just see where it could really play on into somebody's vulnerabilities. Am I demonizing this, you know, the fact that maybe there are some people who really do have an excellent blue pay plan? Not at all. Um, that is one very big distinction that I want to make because there are ways that you can increase your income over the month. And there are ways that you can cut costs and become an expert marketer and learn how to market your services effectively. But I think that because that messaging around money and how much people are making, it just it just goes out there so much that it also creates this dynamic where people are feeling like, well, I'm only making 50000 a year in my full-time job. I, I should just quit and, you know, become my own entrepreneur and almost creates this feeling like they're not doing enough. And so I have to put that out there because if you have been caught up in seeing these things and it's caused that feeling that I'm less than or why can't I make that much money, what am I doing wrong? This is where I encourage you to really evaluate your life. There is nothing wrong with working for someone else. There is nothing wrong with working for a company, having that stability of income come in. I mean, there are certainly times where I miss that, where, you know, it's it's owning a business is like owning having a child in many cases you know it never stops there's always something to to be doing and i'm not necessarily seeing a lot of people talk about that aspect of business ownership and most of the time when people who are posting i made 50 grand in a month they have a full team of people standing behind them that are helping them get to that place you know i see one person come up i don't know why but just on like you know I periodically will go off of Facebook, and right now I'm not on it. But back when I was, um, I would see I made a million dollars from my course. And that was always intriguing to me because I'm thinking, well, you know, because you read the messaging, it doesn't mention like I have a team of so many people, um, I did this, you know, and it's essentially to try to buy a product. So also something to keep in mind that that has a, has a chance to go to a toxic place in terms of creating that unrealistic mindset around money or even propelling the thought that you're not doing enough um, because you're not having these high profit level months. So research even indicates that there is an income cap. Now, this was research done in 2010 
but at that time it was $75,000. Now we know the cost of living has increased. If I'm not mistaken, there was another um, set of research done and the cap is, was around 85,000. And after making 85,000 annually, most people tapped out. They said, you know, I, I don't know if I would need to make more money to be happier. Um, so anyways, I bring that up. It, it really stands out to me. So then we've got the the subject also of to toxic positivity. We know that there are, that's gotten a lot better, but there definitely are those messages of toxic positivity. You're stronger than this. You're better than this. Um, and when we say things like that, you're better than this. You should be you should be over this by now. You're the only one holding yourself back. To me it doesn't take into account the reality of a certain situation. You can be the best person in the world. You can be at your healthiest self and something devastating happens and it knocks you emotionally far from your usual access of emotional regulation. And so to tell somebody, you know, like I said, you're better than this or you should be over it by now. Why haven't you bounced back? That's pretty self-explanatory. I think sometimes though it can be really flowery and it can sound really pretty. Like um, you're stronger than you think. Well, we don't know. We don't know if you're stronger than you think. Um, until you go through a devastating situation, it's hard to say where that strength is going to be at. Um, I've seen people who considered themselves to be very strong really, really experience high levels of depression after a devastating event. And then I've also bared witness to people who considered themselves to be, you know, kind of emotionally uh, sensitive, if you will, or struggle with emotions, and they were able to manage a life difficulty with resilience and bounce back much quicker than they thought they would. So you never know. You never know in terms of you're stronger than you think until a situation happens. And I hope that that one makes sense, but I do think that toxic positivity continues to exist. And sometimes it is wrapped up in such a pretty package that it is hard to hard to tease out. Also, anything with hustle, you know, hustle harder, um, things like that. Mm -mm, not a fan. Okay. So here's another little money post that I see a lot. And like I said, this, a lot of this is tied to social media, but it also comes up in, you know, mainstream media too. But somebody's saying, I work less than I ever had and make more money. Now I'm sure that that's true for a lot of people. And, um, it's it could you know that could be a part of someone's existence if you will however this also creates this strange dynamic where if you are still working and you are employed and doing a 40 hour work week to see somebody post or write about how they work 12 hours a week and make more money than they ever have i can only imagine that it would cause feelings of resentment or feeling like, well, why can't I do that? Or what's wrong with me that I'm working full time and making less than this other person? I'm not demonizing anybody for sharing their income. I think that's a super personal choice that we all just have to make um, on, our, on our own. 
But I'm pointing out the fact that I never see people talk about this aspect of sharing the financials of a situation. And I can see where it could have adverse effects. Um, all right. So this next one is a biggie because I have definitely seen this a lot. So you are the only one holding yourself back. I don't think that this ever takes into account somebody's specific life circumstances where we know that there are so many factors, even outside of a person, that can hold them back. You know, the truth of it is, is that, of course, our mindset is very important. Our ability to want to work through something, it matters. Um, even the levels of motivation that's different from person to person can cause someone to want to be able to move forward. But we also know that there are there's social injustice that's still occurring. There is financial inequality. And I mean, this is me just really taking it to that level because telling someone you're the only one holding yourself back, Maybe there is some behavior going on that the person is, you know, subconsciously sabotaging themselves. So maybe there is truth in that, but to solely place that focus on you are the only person and maybe not take into circum into their, you know, not take it into consideration other circumstances is dangerous. I would never tell a therapy client, oh, well, you're the only person that's holding yourself back. Uh uh. No, no. We would work through and talk about if they're what is holding them back. You know, what is it? More of a place of curiosity. So maybe that one should be shifted in terms of the messaging because I get it. I get why people post things like that and why people say things like that. But maybe instead of saying you're the only one holding yourself back, it should be what do you feel is holding you back? And that's, but that's the therapist in me. So, okay. So the next one is, Another pretty message that I see packed up and posted and put out there. And it essentially says if you're not doing something every day to improve yourself, you're not doing enough. And this to me is hustle culture in disguise. You don't have to do something every day to improve yourself. There are going to be some days where you are flat out exhausted. It's a Saturday. You want to binge watch your favorite show on Netflix all day. Go for it. Um, it, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> I, I think that if we all were constantly in a state of constant self-improvement, how, how would that even work? I don't, I don't even get it. I mean, I certainly don't actively try to, you know, push myself to the limit to be my best self every day. I try to do the best I can and, and be realistic with that, but you know, if you're not doing something every day to improve yourself, you're not doing enough. Um, to me, once again, hustle culture in disguise, and that's what you call self-help hustle culture. It's always okay to rest. It is always okay to take a break. Sometimes doing something for yourself looks like laying on the couch and relaxing. So that's that's really the pretty message that gets packaged and put out there to be in that constant frenzied state of self-improvement. I think that's where the guilt comes into play. Oh my gosh, I 
I could have, you know, read my self-help book today, but I didn't, or I could have gone for a, an hour walk, but I didn't. Sometimes what you do to improve yourself involves doing nothing and just being and just being present in the moment. Now, I'm not saying this to rationalize not engaging in practices that promote well-being and self-care. In no way, shape, or form am I doing that. But I'm I'm just trying to point out that sometimes those messages that get put out there can have a little bit of that toxic hustle culture flair. All right. So the next one is what we see a lot from advertisers. And it essentially, it doesn't necessarily put it out in this language, but this is the intent behind it is Buying this will make you happy. It'll change your life. It'll transform you. It's what you've needed your whole existence. Now, that's me being slightly more dramatic, but there are quite a lot of messages about clothing, skincare, makeup, um, shoes, cars, homes, whatever, where there's that underlying current of this is what you've always needed. There are messages from well-meaning, I'm sure, uh, just different coaches or people in the Instagram stratosphere that are, you know, promoting that message too. And I think what it goes back to is that persuasive language that's being used for a profit. And so I always just encourage you to check in with yourself. Do I really need this particular product? to make me happy? Is it going to dramatically change my life or am I going to buy it and the shiny new object syndrome will wear off and it'll be sitting on a shelf? Or I may buy this course and then I'm never going to take it, you know, because I'm not going to sit at the computer for an hour or three hour course. You know, just think about it and you may fare better doing something in person or online, like with a therapist or an online coach who you can meet with in real time. So always just something to keep in mind. Okay, so this one um, has a little, I, I, I like it to a degree. I think it's important. But I also know that it's not necessarily super realistic. And it is essentially the message to choose happy every day. Happiness is a choice. Now, Emotions will come and go. Sometimes we have to choose to do something to get us out of a certain emotional state, but you're going to be hard-pressed to choose happy if you're grieving, if you are in the midst of a breakup or a divorce, and I think this negates the power of letting yourself feel your emotions. So I know that there is also counter-messaging that encourages you to Feel your feelings. That is how we heal is through recognizing emotions that come up and then learning to work through them. But it's this whole, and that's, that's for me, that's the healthy version. That's what I like to see. But for me, this whole um, choose happy every day, happiness is a choice. You know, in some ways, maybe it is, but there are a whole lot of actions that have to go behind somebody developing happiness. There is so many you know, information backed by research where doing daily acts to kind of promote happiness is is what has to be in place for a person to rate themselves as happy, whether it's having those satisfying personal relationships, whether it is doing random acts of kindness for people, choosing happiness um, 
to me is slightly unrealistic. I want you to choose the emotion that you're feeling, identify it, recognize it, ask yourself, is it serving me or do I need to attempt to let this go by engaging in something that's self-soothing and helps me to emotionally regulate? Okay, this next one is super toxic. I don't like it at all. Um, And... You know, I feel like this is just like a big venting session. Hopefully it's not coming out like that, but I just want to get this information out there. But I recently went and perused the old gram just to see what some fitness folks are saying. And it one one actually a couple people were really big advocates in tracking everything you're eating. And somebody said something to the effect of, you're not going to have to do this forever just until you get yourself under control. And to me, it's very problematic because it it causes a hyper focus on food. And I just don't believe that continuing to track everything you're consuming is, is even a healthy dynamic. Um, now, maybe just mentally thinking about it. Okay, what do I need to have for lunch today? What do I want? But to physically sit there, I mean, there were several people advocating to create space in your day for your tracking. And I've seen where a lot of people with disordered eating actually, it started from tracking the food. A lot of times it's actually the behaviors behind eating that can be improved upon. You know, are you eating while you watch TV? You know, engaging in that mindless eating. Are you, is there an emotional attachment linked to eating? Is it because you're bored, you're sad, you're angry, you're lonely? Um, what's what's the impetus behind it? But to only focus on the food and the consumption is backwards. Um, So always, always be cautious if you receive that feedback. Definitely consult with your nutritionist. Um, Maybe there is a reason why you would need to be tracking your food. Um, Consult with your therapist if you are in recovery for an eating disorder and you and your therapist have created some kind of plan or your physician. Um, But it is something to keep in mind. I personally have never spoken to any nutritionist or eating disorder therapist who encourage food tracking um, like that. But once again, individualized care causes calls for individualized practices. But if you don't struggle with eating or any behaviors around eating, then why start tracking food? You know what I mean? Why add that to your plate? So that's that was the other one. Last but not least. This is another thing I've seen come up a lot, and it essentially says, stop playing small. Well, the reason I don't necessarily enjoy the stop playing small messaging is, number one, it's hard to define. What my version of small is is going to be a lot different than somebody else's version. You know, I'm all about individualized care and also understanding your own capabilities. So maybe you are being exposed to someone in social media who's sending out a message of stop playing small and they seem to have it all together. You know, um, they make a certain amount of money, they have the house, whatever. That may not be in your specific 
life at this moment. And to hear somebody say, stop playing small, it's almost to me a version of shaming or at least saying you're not doing big enough things. Quit limiting yourself. And it kind of goes back to the whole idea that since when did it become a bad thing to work a full-time job? You know, um, now some people really want to get out there and be an entrepreneur and get that, get that going. And I commend you. I want you to do whatever it is that's going to make you feel content and happy. But for the sake of today, if you've ever felt bad about hearing, you know, the whole stop playing small, stop being that lesser version of yourself, stop holding yourself back. Um, just know that everybody has their own capacity for what they want in their life. And just because you're seeing that message come across, whatever it is, social media or the media or whatever, um, you have your own version of what's small and what's big. What's big to you may not be big to somebody else and and vice versa. Um, there's room for all of us here. We all can be as big as we want or as small as we want, figuratively speaking here, um, but also literally, you know, whatever. And you can you can shoot as high as you want to go or you can stay kind of um, not even just stay. You can live the way that you want to live. That's where I'm coming from. You are allowed to make life work for you. So I hope that this has been enlightening. It's a shorter episode today, but I really wanted to get out some of these toxic messages that we receive. I I, I would really love to, to hear your thoughts. That's the one thing about podcasting that can sometimes get me is not having direct dialogue with you listening. And so if you do have something that comes up for you, share. I would love to hear what you think about some of these that I put out there. And um, yeah, I just hope that you're having a great week wherever you are. I hope you are making life work for you, that you are just enjoying yourself and taking it easy or, you know, doing something that feels good for you. So be empowered. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the three L's today. Catch up with me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine Counseling, where you can contact me about a topic or follow up on today's episode. As always, the information provided in this episode is for educational purposes only and not intended to treat or diagnose. Reach out to your own medical or legal provider for assistance and individualized care. Here's to the three L's and being empowered to make decisions that work for you in your life.